Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. inside the San Diego Soccer's and the Major Arena Soccer League Season 3, Episode 11. We have reached the bonus rounds. It's playoff time. Craig Elston, Jerry Jimenez, back with you from America's Finest City. And Jerry, uh, it may be a little cloudy on this Tuesday as we record, but nothing but sunshine and rainbows for our San Diego Soccer's. They're on a one-game winning streak. Absolutely. So excited. No, what a good match, man. That was a fun one. There's some good, there's some bad. We'll talk about that in, in a little bit. But, uh, you know, it feels like just yesterday we started the regular season. And here we are. It's over. The regular season has come and passed. We are in playoffs. It's playoff time, sir. Yeah, 12 weeks of MASL action is what we wound up with for uh, the regular season. Seven teams out of the 17 that were eligible and the 11 that had agreed to go on the journey, seven make it. Uh, Nobody's torch has been snuffed yet. And now it's time for a playoff that could provide some really exciting action. You've got six teams that definitely have a shot at taking the Ron Newman Cup this year, Jerry. And you've also got the Dallas sidekicks who will have home field advantage in their first round playoff series. But but you also have six teams that could all win it. <laughs> yeah, well, here's the thing. is Just as you mentioned, you know, that nobody is out yet. Nobody has been affected as of yet really getting removed from this competition. So I think all seven are going to come into this uh, you know, and really want to take it home, take it all the way. And even the sidekicks, uh, I would say, especially the sidekicks, because they feel like they they have something to prove. And if they run away with it here near the end, I'm going to lose my mind. But it's going to be such a crazy story to tell. Um, it's just anybody. It's still it's anybody's game right now. Yes. I mean, you know, some some teams are better than, than others. But this is right here when things are going to really, really start mattering. So, I mean, you really look at it and you've got at the top of the table, two clubs that by and large are the only two clubs that didn't have a COVID outbreak this season, Florida. And look, I'm sure Ron DeSantis wants to do a victory lap around RP funding center, you know, but I'm I'm not giving the sunshine state credit here. Somehow the tropics avoided getting sick and massive credit to them or, or they didn't, they didn't tell anybody. Ontario has avoided getting sick for the most part. And those two clubs are on top, not really that surprising. Then you look to three, four and you've got two clubs that are pretty good and got to host almost all their matches 
in Kansas City and St. Louis. And there they are. The two almost only home teams are ranked third, fourth. Then fifth, sixth, there are the two road-only teams. The two clubs that had no choice but to play in hostile environments all the time. And then you got the sidekicks. I think they're on their own little island down in seventh. But in a weird way, Jerry, if you had just told me that was going to be the abstract setup for the table at the end of the year. You'll have the healthy teams on top, followed by the home teams, followed by the road teams. I'd say, well, that seems gone logical. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know what? One thing I do want to give a shout out. I'm sure there's going to be maybe one, maybe two, hopefully, uh, you know, fans of the sidekicks that listen in. And I just, I wanted to mention because on social media, I've seen a lot of the sidekicks supporters and they are very much still, supporting their team even with this season going the way that it has gone that you see them just being positive and being there and saying hey let's go sidekicks let's let's do this you know and uh they were very much commenting as well while they were playing the soccer this this past weekend and you could see that they're still very much there supporting their squad and that takes a lot for for people to you know still stand behind their team like that it's not an easy thing to do so kudos to you guys if you're still listening uh, we do not want to take anything away from you as supporters um you know this club in as a whole i think the sidekicks you all know has a lot of work to do but the supporters are very much there and it's a beautiful thing to see craig i just wanted to mention that yeah that's a great point jerry and if my club was four and 29 over the course of two seasons be hard pressed to call me a supporter, you know? (laughs) So I I do agree. Those who are with Dallas uh, define die hard. And I do hope that the sidekicks return to their glorious history uh, as one of San Diego's primary rivals at one point. Um, Greg just put a little bit of salt in the wound there with the four and 29 stat. Thanks, man. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, by the way. (laughs) Or to the song. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sidekicks are like a meme stock in sports right now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <sighs> so with that said, let's look back at last weekend's nine, four win at Dallas. And, and we do start with the good and, and the number one good Jerry is that our captain's back, you know, Craig Childs returns has a hat trick has two assists generates three power play goals and a restart goal, uh, you know, really revamping the special teams of the soccers in one quick swoop. And, and I thought the biggest thing of all is that smile, that chattiness, that confidence, that bounce. I mean, in, in the video I posted this morning on soccer social, like you can see it, him dancing out there and, and whooping. And I really think that child's energy is infectious. And when he's going, our team goes. Uh, 100%. 100%. When he's going, our team goes. I think that's the perfect way to put it. And uh, you saw that, you know, against the the sidekicks. I think they understood what needed to be done. I think you mentioned, you know, that they knew they, they couldn't drop their heads after coming, you know, coming down and and, and losing there the, the first bit of the, the half, first half or first quarter, I should say. Um, and then they, they knew that it was one goal at a time and let's just take it one at a time. And, and, and they did. And you just, I love seeing how happy he was out there. And it felt like he was back silly because he was, I mean, to, in my eyes, he was never really gone, but this was like, for sure. Re- return of the, what, what did it? return of the Mac? <laughs> love, return it. Of the Mac. Yeah. love that song. Um, <laughs> it's, 
it's just, you know, he's got a very specific role on this team that's very important. And, and by the way, not lost on me that Craig Giles has a five-point game in the last game, and all of a sudden you can say he had six points in four games. You know, and, and it's doesn't really look like a bad season anymore, you know, in terms of, yeah, he was held to four games, but he still had six points in four games. Like he's still one of those guys that generates more points than games played. And, uh, you know, I do think his impact on the game was essentially in those, those pockets, Jerry, in terms of much more about the special teams than the run of play. I thought Tavoy Morgan was, really effective at target forward and run of play. And, you know, Craig is just not at the fitness level yet to be able to, to hold the ball uh, and, and move it five on five the way that Tavoy is. But in those special team situations, man, he knows what to do. He, he, you know, he's, he's the old vet that understands every angle. And I, I think that combination and then having Leo on top of it, it's pretty exciting. Oh, it's, it's so exciting. And yeah, I mean, you saw an improvement from the entire squad this time, you know, just in not giving up and, and going up. And we'll talk about that because I think it's part of the, the bad that we'll end up talking about, you know, going down 3-0 in that first quarter. However, just seeing him out there, Tavoy, you mentioned Tavoy Morgan. Just, golly, man, I love watching that guy on the squad and, and wearing, uh, you know, a soccer jersey. It just, he is, he is such a contributor right now. Uh, and, and you just love to see it. Uh, and one thing that I noticed too um, is the power play improvement, right? Which we, I think we have been talking about this entire uh, regular season on this podcast is just what's going on. We need to improve that. We just have not been able to figure it out. And I think it's coming together now, I, I dare I say. And and hopefully we can continue this into the playoffs. I think that's what everybody wants, right? Is it's let's what we saw here. Let's push that on all the other teams too and and continue the, this sort of uh, persistence in, in coming up on the score uh, rather than being up and then falling behind and just defending. Like, no, they just kept going and going like the way the soccer should. From a technical and a process point, I think there's an advantage as well, specific to the power play to having Childs. Uh, and keep in mind where the soccer's put Childs in the power play was not where he used to be, which was at the top of the umbrella or on either the left or right wing, always waiting a shot. He was down in what I would call the Ian Bennett corner. You know, Ian Bennett's always in the low left corner, whether he's in Milwaukee or in Florida. And Craig was in that low left corner where he was making the ball move. And, and, you know, his two power play assists were both across the face of the goal to Leo on the other side who could walk in to take a one-time shot and, and score both of them. And I really think that there's an important change, Jerry, between what we've seen all season for the Sockers, where it's Leo or Brandon Escoto trying to generate offense, but they're doing so on the ball. They're doing so with the ball on their feet, two guys marking them, always trying to beat someone with shift and a dribble, always trying to take on a defender with a dribble drive. But both of those guys are more effective off the ball. If someone can get them the ball in a spot where they can just shoot it, as opposed to always trying to generate their own shot. Well, it's a whole different ball game. And Escoto scores that way off a Slav assist. Leo scores that way twice off Child's power play assists. You know, it, you mentioned it, just having Child's one, I just feel like he sees these open spots, these open areas to get the ball where it needs to be 
so much easier than any other player out there. Just he's a vet, true veteran. And you saw it in that one of those goals, the lower, uh, I believe it was a standing ball, right? I'm losing it right now. And I apologize to everybody because I, it's been a, a weird day. I just got my vaccine yesterday. So I don't know if that's messing with me, but he did. Play, I think it was off of a free kick where he yes. just found that open spot down below and with defenders in front of him was just able to get that ball into the back of the net. Yeah. It's beautiful. Like who else would be able to get that goal? Very, very few people. He did the, uh, he even did, because uh, I was watching that highlight, putting the video together. He was showing to the bench how he did kind of a fake, I'm about to call timeout, and then little hip shimmy and then <laughs> knocked it in and got, got people to move. You know, <laughs> just brilliant, you know, but that's, that's veteran savvy, right? Yeah. That's veteran savvy right there. And I, I just do think that the, the bigger overall thing for San Diego was not having a preponderance of dribble drive attack and ball watching because I see both of those things as being heavy on the negative board for what has hurt the soccer's attack all year is guys standing, not moving, waiting for a pass or really watching someone else attacking and wondering what's going to happen. And then the result of that is you ball watch. And when you ball watch the other team can break you on counter and essentially that's how Ontario beat the soccer's last time was San Diego dominating possession, dominating attack, ball watching and seeing the ball fly the other way for four different counterattack goals. Yeah. You know, and one, one of the things too, that kind of threw me for a loop in this match uh, was, well, okay. Let me say this. This league is one of the, one of the reasons that I love this league so much is that it adjusts to the times. It kind of, changes and it it's not uh it, it pays attention to what's going on in the outside world right it's not like its own little bubble it it adjusts and changes and shifts where it needs to as as a league uh which i think it, the teams in general with this type of weird season had have had to do but one of the things that threw me for a loop this game and a lot of people i think i was not aware that var was gonna be a thing craig Hey, and I'm, yeah. Can you please talk about this? Because first of all, I just want to say, if you were watching this match, you witness history. Because it's my understanding that this is the first time ever that the Major Arena Soccer League has brought in video assistance refereeing. How, what? Who? Why didn't? Who knew? Wait, what? <laughs> that was <laughs> right. So I. Uh... As, as, a, as a matter of fact, Jerry, just yesterday morning, I was on a conference call, an MASL broadcasters conference call with Ryan Sigich, the director of referees for the MASL. And he went through a, a PowerPoint video presentation, really breaking down this brand new MASL rule, which is really being put into effect for the playoffs. However, they threw it out as a test run in the San Diego Dallas game. Knowing that, you know, last game of the regular season, nothing else going on. There's no standings to be altered with this match. Let's try it. Let's give it a, a dead run. And sure enough, both teams used their coach's challenge. Uh, they did so within minutes of one another, actually. I was going to say, they took no time whatsoever to use that to, to, well, to their advantage or disadvantage. But it's like immediately they got the opportunity. They're like, we're using this. So that was cool. So let me give uh, all of our listeners what I learned yesterday 
in terms of the breakdown of this, because uh, important to note that they aren't calling it VAR. They're calling it VR because uh, there isn't a video assistant referee. There's not a specific person whose only job at the match is to be sitting on the, the video. It's going to be the provenance of the lead official on the floor to go over and become the video replay official, essentially, uh, and go over to the official's box. So uh, ver instead of var. But uh, with Wait, that, for? video video review instead of video assistant video. review, okay. um, because there's no video assistant. But uh, there will be a you know a setup, right? And in a way, in that trial run, there was a video assistant because Ryan Sigich was there. And I saw him on the replay, like being down there and helping things out. So in a way, it was VAR, (laughs) the first game. But they're calling it VAR. So the head coach has an opportunity, has a challenge flag, just like the NFL, and can throw the challenge flag, boiling it down. I mean, they've got a list of like five specific things it can be, right? But it's... Essentially, did you miss a foul, right? Uh, was a blue, should there have been a blue card and you missed it and you called a common foul, you could throw the challenge flag and say that should have been a blue. It can be the opposite way. And that's what Dallas did on their challenge. They got hit for a blue and their coach Bozas threw the, the flag and said it shouldn't be a blue. And he was overruled, right? You know, the, the, the call stood when they did uh, replay review. Uh, they can do the same thing in terms of a PK. Hang on, I've got it right here. Situations in which video review is permissible. Blue- Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Card two minute power play time penalty. Foul only is called on the field. Coach could challenge. Accuracy of a given blue card. That's what I said. Uh, penalty area was, you know, it should have been in the uh, area for a PK or no, you shouldn't have called a PK. It was out of the area. You can do that. Uh, verification of whether a shootout was properly called. You can review that. And you can review faking or embellishing. Basically, a player dived to cause the blue card. You can challenge on that. You could challenge for a direct red on a play that was not seen you know, behind the action. Uh, and you could also challenge, and this is going to be the one, Jerry, that I feel like is the automatic challenge in overtime situation, like when you've got nothing to lose, mm-hmm. uh, which is, foul not called a potential foul not being called that directly leads to a goal scoring chance or a goal so basically the argument of like yes you just scored but there should have been a foul called over here 
that wasn't called and the play continued. So that's a little bit interpretive. Um, I can think very specifically of a time last season, I think, uh, where the soccer's played Ontario and the game-winning goal started with Bond straight up mugging a dude on the wall. <laughs> and there was no whistle and he got the ball and he passed it out to Piffer and Piffer got his only goal of the year and the soccer's won 4-3. And I was thinking about that play, like, I bet you you could have video reviewed that this year and they would have reversed it to a foul on Bond at the wall and no goal. So uh, that major rules error is the last thing that a coach could challenge on. And then it is noted that any goal, no goal situation. So anything involving the goal line and whether the ball has crossed the goal line or not, that will be a referee initiated review and a coach does not have to throw his challenge flag on go no goal. So they haven't gone as explicitly Jerry as the NFL and saying all touchdowns shall be reviewed, but they're essentially saying all goals shall be reviewed because goal, no goal is under the official's umbrella, not the coach. You texted me something after this happened, we we're texting back and forth. You told me there was a little bit of a uh, MASL history. Now that uh, Mr. Phil Savaggio is going to be forever a part of <laughs> what, what is that, sir? Yeah, he has the first ever successful replay challenge, you know, uh, in MASL history because it, so it came early in the second quarter. Here, here's the biggest thing, though, we need to throw out there and, and log in and lock into everyone's minds. The rules the MASL have created are a little different from what you're used to in other sports because each coach has one challenge, period. Not one challenge, get it right, and you keep it which is pretty much what every other sport has. It's one challenge, use it, and then you lose it. Uh, and once both coaches have used their challenge, then it's on the official. The official can initiate a review, but it's up to him. You know, you can yell and bark, but it's up to the official. So the strategic use of that challenge is pretty significant. Yeah. And in Phil's circumstance, he challenged, I believe the Sockers were down 3-1 at the time. And Tavoy Morgan was fouled in the box. And Phil thought it could be even a penalty kick. And the official's call was a foul on Morgan <laughs> and the ball going the other way. And so Phil threw the flag and it was reviewed and corrected to, yes, a foul, they decided it wasn't a penalty kick, but they gave soccer's top of the arc kick. I thought it was a bit of a compromise, um, but that was an official replay review. And then like five minutes later, right? Uh, Dallas tries theirs. They don't, they don't get the, the love. Uh, the soccer's had a power play and scored on it. Um, then in the third quarter, soccer's get a shootout when Juan Gamboa, the sidekick's keeper, is called for a handball outside the crease. And when you looked at the replay, man, it really looked like it hit him in the face and not the hand. But Dallas had already used their challenge. And the official didn't think it was clear and obvious. And so the soccer's got that shootout. That was the game time goal. You know, so. Wasn't, wasn't that review, though? Wasn't that. Like, no, they the didn't review that. They, they. The Dallas guy yelled, but they didn't go in and review. Like they didn't do the, you know, make the little box. Yeah. So, but at that point, I mean, you're saying 
with the way that the rules work, the officials would have had the power to go back and look at that, but they chose not to because they felt pretty confident about their decision. So this is where, yeah, it's going to add a totally different layer on top of these games going into the playoffs and not having that much experience. Some of these teams, I want to say that the soccer's have the advantage of now knowing these things and going through it and maybe being able to, you know, just have, I guess that one game experience. I mean, I'm sure all the other teams are watching and are paying attention to what happened. So they'll learn from it as well, but definitely just interesting to see. And it just adds this whole other layer of possible novella controversy. You know, it's going to be one of those, like, I'm just going to, a lot of that is going to be happening. We're just going to get a lot of these, like, was that a head or did it hit his head? It's cool. (laughs) I got one for you. Where is Nick Pereira going to keep his challenge flag? Are they going to sew a pocket into his shorts? <laughs> I mean, these are all great questions. <laughs> is the assistant coach going to be in charge? If he does have the flag in his pocket, can we get a pickpocketer and pickpocket <laughs> the flag on the field? And then Nick's like furiously fishing for his flag. And there's no flag there. Cause we stole it. No. <laughs> oh my gosh hey, well, i'm sure at that point it's the assistant right somebody on the bench needs to be in charge of that i, I guess it over that's fine i know i'm sorry to be the <laughs> <Can't enjoy it. laughs> i'm just i'm just laughing at dreaming of that scenario oh my god <laughs> Pereira, where's my flag or he has to like keep it in his shoe it's like hang on a second hold on it's in my sock it's underneath my shin guard i gotta roll it down hey so but this is starting like the playoffs, this is going to be used now officially. Yeah. So, oh my goodness, wow! All right, pretty exciting. You know, I'm yeah. I, I tell you what, I'm excited. A that MASL has taken this step. I very much hope that every club will now put in the infrastructure necessary to make this a useful tool. And I am specifically referring to yes, a goal line camera for every goal for the whole league. You know, that's, I know that's an added cost, but it's a fixed camera. It's not something you'd have to man. You know, everyone should have a goal line camera now because you, some, you know, you've got a goal judge. Sometimes we've referred to that as a sleepy old guy, you know, like you need to have robot eyes, you know, you need to have camera eyes uh, because that could come down in, in the finals. It could come down to a, did it cross the line or didn't it type decision and you want to have the technology to make sure you make the right call. So, uh, and I also really appreciate Jerry having, you know, uh, listened to Ryan Sigich's uh, broadcaster call yesterday and, and asked him some questions. You know, they're, I feel like they're putting together a system that isn't being locked in by fussy language. You know, like the NFL, I felt like they ruined a number of playoff games with clear and indisputable. And it was like, well, what's clear, what's indisputable. And it sure looks clear to me, but you know, blah, blah, blah. And instead they're, they're giving it to, you know, it's the referee's discretion. And while they still say it should be an obvious and clear error or something like that, all that means is don't be ticky, ticky tack. But, you know, I think the officials are going to have the opportunity to correct to the right call without being overly bound by rigmarole uh, in the way that the league wrote, up the VR rules. So I'm really encouraged by that. And quite frankly, Jerry, our sport is more likely to be impacted by this 
than many because it's a chaotic sport with two officials on the floor. You know, the NBA uses three for a reason and a lot of action that can be missed or misinterpreted. So uh, I, I think also having only one challenge is probably good because otherwise there'd be a lot of reasons to stop the game and, and you don't ever really want to stop the game too often. No, no, no. Is it, yeah, it absolutely could affect this league the most out of any other sport. I do 100% agree with you on the goal line camera because I've seen plenty of matches that there is some, you know, just very clear, clear uh, issues with the calls that were being made because they just didn't see it from the right angle. And, you know, th- that could completely change the way one game or another goes now if we're trying to make this sport as fair as possible in such a chaotic uh you know game that this is i mean why not put in those things and make it i mean just make sure that we cover all of our bases i guess you know and 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 put that in there so i agree that would be pretty awesome to see especially now with the addition of this uh of this rule with the with the one uh, you know, one challenge per per game. I want to see. I mean, I mean, I guess I, we might. There might be some changes, but I would like to see what you just mentioned about the other leagues, which is, you know, that you get it right, you get it back, rather than one and done. I, I think that would be really, really interesting and make make create for even more uh, fun game to watch. Honestly, and I do also echo the comments of Eric Bergrud on our broadcasters call. The one thing you don't want to see is for this to become more um, fodder for player whining and bitching, because that's already an issue in the league of constant crying. Our soccers are just as guilty as anyone. I mean, they cried about the officiating in the Ontario game a a couple weeks ago, more than most teams would for most games. So we're certainly not immune to it. We're probably susceptible to it, but I like re- I always like replay because I think it should take some of the bitching out, right? Because it's correcting calls. So most of the griping comes when you feel you've been done hard and you don't have an opportunity for, you know, a correction of your grievance. But hopefully replay is going to be that. And I do hope that it, that officials, once teams have used their challenges, aren't uh, afraid to question their own work. You know what I mean? Because yes. that that's where the true integrity of the, of the lead official uh, becomes front and center. And you want to see those guys have the, the reasonableness to question big plays in big games. Yeah. You know, I'm pretty sure that this is going to be a topic that we will be really talking about in this podcast, especially going into the playoffs, you know, looking at our, at our soccer's going against Tacoma here soon. But to kind of bring you back to this game, We've talked about some of the good, that being good, right? Did Phil winning the first ever challenge in the history? <laughs> yes. so, uh, and, and, but there's also a couple of bad things that we need to be looking at, Craig. Like we, I mean, I mentioned it earlier. We were trailing this the first quarter, three to nothing against the sidekicks. And honestly, I'm wearing a hat today. For those that are, of you that are listening, can't see it, but I pulled out quite a bit of hairs, like chunks of hairs in the, that first <laughs> quarter, Craig. You know, it was it was crazy in terms of I thought that the first seven and a half minutes of the first quarter up until the officials timeout, the soccer's looked dynamite. 
and they were controlling, they were pressuring, they were they weren't letting Dallas possess. They were taking the ball before midfield. They were putting shots on goal. Uh, they were doing their classic thing of just missing, you know, a, a handful of near misses. But it was really a, a, a strong performance. I remember texting you at the first break saying it's zero zero, but I feel possession's been ninety ten. You know, like this is great. And coming out of that timeout, I, I, it was bizarre. I felt like the club got kidnapped. You know, it was like, <laughs> who are these guys? The, they go? Yeah, because there was, I seriously, I, you know, I write down all these, you know, highlights on a clip sheet and, and I wrote, let's see, at 420 left in the first quarter, funny time for it, 420 left in the first quarter. What were we doing is what I wrote down, which I know seems vague, but it was like 30 seconds of guys just standing there, like just standing there. And like, uh, I don't know where we're going to go. And then like they line changed and the next guys came out and just stood there. And I was like, what the hell is happening? It, and, and, you know, the soccer's were reintegrating some guys who hadn't played in a month. And it felt like at times when Childs and Slav were out there in the first half, that things got really disjointed and it wasn't coming together. And then right after that, Julio Varela uh, got took advantage of a little bit of a mistake offensively and, and a flow situation and was a nice pass. Sprung him. He made a great shot. Second quarter starts. Soccer's are on the power play. And Cesar Serta gets turned. I mean, gets turned like a windmill. And you never see that. And Christian Quintana hits a, a bullet into the upper V. Varela came back a couple minutes later, hit another bullet. Uh, into the upper corner that, you know, Pardo had absolutely no chance to stop. You know, it doesn't matter who the goalie is. And you're like, hold, wait a second. For seven and a half minutes, we were dominating. Seven and a half minutes later, it's three, nothing Dallas. And this is a soccer team that's barely scored four goals a game. I mean, it had averaged 3.6 goals a game. You know, <laughs> now you're like score over your season average just to get back into this one. So, uh, you know, the soccer's did get back into it. They tied it before halftime. I thought that was gigantic, but wow. It does kind of open your eyes, right? I mean, for me, the number one issue for the soccer's 2021 edition is their slow starts. You know, this is the first time they won the first game of a trip. It was the only game of a trip, but they were still losing. They were losing in the second quarter and they were losing in the third quarter, four to three. So I look at that. I look at the team having these terrible first quarters, these scoreless first quarters where they just don't get anything going and anything generated. And it kind of gets that slog mentality or that torture mentality that we've been talking about, you know, and if that doesn't change, you and I will be driving home from Toyota Arena Friday night, lamenting an opening round loss and saying, what do they have to do Sunday to turn it around? Because those games won. I mean, you, you can't win the Ron Newman Cup dropping all the games won. You just can't do that. No, no, you can't. Um, listen, they, uh, yeah, th- I, I just agree. I'm trying to think of how to, how to phrase this, but it, absolutely, like those slow starts have absolutely affected the soccer's uh, in such a way where like, it's just, they haven't been able to recuperate from that, right? But we see it now 
it's possible that they can. And I just can't get over what a beautiful, yes, it was shorthanded, but what a beautiful goal from Christian Quintana. Like, it's just beautiful. So, yeah, you go back and you said we were 4-3 at the, at the third quarter. Yeah. And so then we... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Pick it up. Right, finally. But yeah, I mean, we're looking at the bat. Like, we just cannot be doing that. We can't be giving up 3 0 leads right off the bat. That is not an easy thing to come back from. Yes, we managed to do it. And yes, this is a sport where maybe it's a little bit easier than other places. But it's still, it's a mental thing, too, for our squad. But, golly, man, going back to that, uh, just Tavoy Morgan, what a, what a great guy to have, man. I just, I just have to keep singing praises to that guy because you can see he is putting in the work. Yes. And I think he's one of those out there that has been pushing the rest to come back. Like, he knew, yo, we can come back from this. And he, he was pushing and pushing and pushing. Um, it just... Just what a great, great guy to have over there. So, you know, again, and then Leo goal, goals as well. And it just, this squad looked good up. It looked good in the fourth quarter, I guess. Yeah, that's the best way to put it. I mean, here, here, here's the thing. The soccer scored five goals in the fourth quarter to put the game away. But going back to what I just talked about, and I just flipped through my scorebook to double check it, Jerry, while you were talking, all season, the soccer scored five goals in the first quarter. That's in 10 games. They scored five first quarter goals. So, oh my God. you know, they scored five goals in one fourth quarter against Dallas to pull things out. And that's terrific, but they're averaging half a goal per game in the first quarter. And that's uh, obviously led to what we've seen all year, you know, zero, zero, one, 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 Oh, you know, at the end of one, usually the first quarter is this battle where the suckers put a ton of energy out there and have nothing on the scoreboard for it. And then you see these little fades that happen along the way. And, and so really that's, again, that's my number one thing on the list is can the soccer's come together in a way that allows them to explode out of the gate? You know, if they were a horse, you know, those gates open and everyone, every horse bursts out and the soccer's kind of stroll out of the gate and sniff a flower and look <laughs> around, you know, and then go, oh, is there a race? Hey, clippity clop, let's get to it. You know, and that that's where the club, you know, yeah, they're calm and collected and yeah, they understand and, and can control the throttle of a game. But man, what a difference it would be if it was two nothing at the first officials timeout. Well, 
you know something else that I just remembered was we've been singing praises of you know Toby Morgan or I have and then also you have the return of Charles but we have to talk about Slavisa coming back also with back-to-back uh assists right and we haven't seen him for a bit if I'm not mistaken yeah. it was like last month sometime like a month ago it so, wasn't since the Florida trip so I mean that was also a good change there to see him come back and very much feels like he's back as well and I don't think we've seen what Slavisa can really bring to the squad yet. We haven't really been able to see him at full potential with this squad. Um, and at I'm all. excited to see if that can be something to look forward to uh, this, this postseason. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I got to tell you that just like and going through it, going through the tape, Slav had a good fourth quarter. He did not have a good first three quarters. It, was, it wasn't great. Uh, the fourth goal allowed, you could really put a, a big black star on Slav who, who gave up the ball to his man and then backed off his man <laughs> and left him alone to shoot. Uh, and, you know, it seemed like it was getting a little contentious out there. And I even noticed that when Slav had the assist to a Skoto, he turned and he made a, a motion to the bench, like to our bench. Like, look, I, I can see, I, I almost wondered like, are they, are they saying that he shoots too much? And he's like, no, look, I made an assist. And then he made a second assist uh, and, and did a great job. I absolutely love Slavisha Uberparapovic. You know, I got to know him in Australia. And over the course of last year, he is one of those stand-up type of guys that you meet a few times in your life. You know, that is a little bit, I don't want to say gruff, but it's just that direct type of person. You know, treat me square. Tell me what's what. I'm going to show up. I'm never going to put my head down, you know, that kind of person. And as long as you treat Slav right, he's generally going to do right by you. It's been a different year. It's definitely been a very different year. And it's been a, a, you know, a a commuting type situation for Slav. He hasn't been in San Diego the whole year. And I am really hopeful that this is the start of something big because we know his talent. We know what he can do. And it's just like so many pieces of our club this year, Jerry, he's felt unplugged. You know, it's like, you've got all these guys and you know, their numbers and you know, their stories. And then you just, but there's nothing there. Like there's nothing going on what's happening. And, and Slav is what, you know, top three on that list of guys like that this season. So those two assists were exciting to me, and I'm just so, so hopeful that it's the start of something positive and a positive momentum builder because you add those, you add Childs and Slav and what they can do to the attack. All of a sudden, Leo and Skoto aren't always on the ball. And to me, it opens up a universe. Oh, absolutely. And that's why I brought him up because I agree with you 120% like th- he is definitely going to be one of those people that I will be looking for personally to see if they can keep this momentum going and I, I just I see a momentum shift here after this match yes I'm glad and I, think I mentioned it it was against Dallas now they have to prove that they can do it against the stronger teams you know they, and they have to prove it against you know a pretty good strong team which is Tacoma coming yeah. in to uh, you know this next match so it's going to be an interesting weekend, sir. It is. We've got a lot to talk about it. Right now, let's uh, put the final pin in the final game of the regular season with our post-match interviews. I uh, had the chance to chat with head coach Phil Salvaggio uh, live on the field 
uh, after the game. And it was kind of a funny situation, as you know, working from home, Jerry, where uh, I sent out the Zoom link and I put it in Child's phone. I put it in our assistant trainer, Anne Marie's phone. I put it in our uh, director of player personnel, assistant coach, Cheeky Luna's phone, I'm like telling all of them. You know, can you get me Phil? Can you get me Craig? Can you get me Phil? Can you get me Craig? And so Anne-Marie checks in first and she has her phone on Phil on the field. And then right as we're wrapping up, Craig just calls in on his own from his own phone in the locker room. So it wound up being a great kind of transition uh, and, and even Phil talking to Craig in the middle of the interview. So enjoy this and we'll be back to talk about it uh, as I got the chance to chat with the replay man, Salvaggio and the scoring man. With Bill Salvaggio down on the field, who made MASL history tonight, the first coach in league history to successfully challenge a play on the field. You uh, like it. There's a lot of things to talk about, but let's start there. The soccer's were in a bad spot. Uh, it was a pretty clear play in the box, and and you Did only you have one challenge. Team? Tough call. Did you see, it was all in the elbow. It was all about the throw. Got the got it done. <laughs> Tell me about the decision, though. Well, it was a foul, and it was close to being in the box. And you know, last man, it, you know, it could be a two minute call there. And it's a clear foul. It definitely was there, you know. So that's what it was. It was just a uh, decision there to uh, get it. We won. But we should have got two minutes. But he said he's back to the goal. If he was turning the other way. Follow-up question. Do you think that the, the rule should be amended so that a successful challenge gives you a second chance? Um, just, just happy to have it. How about that? It was actually... Very good um, to to have that because it does make a difference. You I'm know? sure that you felt like your club uh, was was going to show their medal one way or another when you were down three nothing in this match. How pleased were you with the response? Uh, very pleased, very pleased. Hopefully that uh, you know the start of something special. Craig Childs was back. That had to be a comfort. Uh, you know, I think he got a couple points today and, you know, Craig is, uh, you know, I only win when Craig's playing. So it's an easy, my record just shows that. <laughs> Nonetheless, you have to be happy because I know this club wanted some big time momentum out of this game. And while maybe it took three quarters to get there, you do finish on a roll of six goals. You set a season high for goals. I think a lot of the things you were looking for in the end, you accomplish. Yes. And, uh, you know, everybody wanted to play and uh, starting to, they wanted to win today. And that's, that's the bottom line. And uh, going into the playoffs, it's a good momentum, just like every other team that's uh, in the playoffs right now are on winning streaks. Yeah, now it's on to Tacoma. And uh, obviously everyone resets uh, an opportunity to play two games in Ontario. And I think some interesting lineup decisions to come this week as well. I know I was missing about four four guys or four or five guys that are uh, normal. I got some guys back. Uh, um, you know, we had some injuries in the game that we had to we had to pull out Ben uh, early in the game, and uh, hopefully everybody's healthy and ready to go for uh, Friday. Well, Coach, thank you so much. I appreciate you uh, coming on live from on the field. Thank you, Kelly. I mean, Radio Man. 
And look at that. Look who just joins us right now. But the one and only Captain Craig Childs from inside the locker room on our Zoom call. Uh, And Craig, uh, a hat trick, a couple of assists on the power play. We were just talking to Coach about it. He joked. He said that he only wins with you in the lineup. Uh, What's your response? He sounds like my mom. (laughs) your agent your agent (laughs) it was really nice to be back and it's hard to be to be that patient and it's a little bit fulfilling and rewarding to to be patient and then find those opportunities and do what we have to do so couldn't have worked out better i don't think you know craig uh, i i thought the real key to that was to have those two power play uh goals or two and the two assists you know we'll look at the three goals obviously that's the first thing uh that i write but it's those two uh, assists to leo that i thought were really a key yeah you know obviously um the power play is about intricate little details and and you know executing in that final little moment and you know, it was nice. It was nice to get on the power play and, and immediately impacted and gave me a little bit more confidence um, in the second one. And I think we went two for three or maybe a blue card was a free kick and maybe it was three for four. I don't really know how that that plans out. But, you know, those are the kind of things that we're going to have to be sharper on going into playoffs. If we if we really want to make some noise and we're going to sit back and defend, then, then we're going to have to be sharp on power play and free kicks and pick out and scratch any goals we can get where we can get them. Yeah, one thing I thought was really interesting uh, that you guys seemed to figure out to, to a good extent today was how to navigate having yourself, Tavoy, and Leo, you know, three really good forwards and, and figure out how to get you all involved uh, in, in the run of play. What, what was your thought on that distribution? Oh, it went great. You know, I've been I've been saying for a couple of years that um, with Leo's ability to play make and Leo's ability to find those slot balls through, uh, I'll score a lot of goals. And it's kind of funny because I end up diamond Leo up, I think, both times. But I- I'm looking forward to playing on the field with Leo instead of shifting with him. Me and Tavoy found a pretty solid balance um, in substitution. And, and we had we had a runner up top working, working his butt off for us. And so you know, it, it was it was a great start, and I'm looking forward to continuing to build on that relationship moving into the next couple games. Now, on the flip, the Sockers were down three nothing, and the Sockers were down four three. So, you know, it's a very encouraging scoreline, but I feel like there's still some wood to chop. Yeah, for sure. You know, we felt like we started the game pretty well, and then uh, we turned around and had you know seven minutes or something, and we're like, "Holy cow!" It was three nil. Credit to them. You know, one or two of those goals were like absolute thunder strikes and and don't happen often. And it just feels like that's how it's been for us a little bit this year. You know, the wonder goals go in for the team against us and and then we get, you know, wide open and we pump it off the bar from four feet with no goalie. And it's like, holy cow. And so I thought our finishing was better today. Uh, you kind of create your own luck with hard work. We we didn't drop our head when we went three 0 down. We needed we knew we needed to kind of bounce back and and dig one goal at a time. And so yeah, it, it was nice. It it shows that we still have some work to do. But um, it was nice to be able to come back from a de- deficit a couple times and and really end the game. Um, you know, with it in our hands. Well, it's on to a very familiar opponent in Tacoma. Uh, and I'm very excited to tell you that I will see you there. 
uh, right. to call those games uh, for the uh, MASL TV and whatnot. So very much looking forward to the soccer's uh, getting past this insane season. And now here it is. Look, it's a playoff run. Yep. Yep. We're looking forward to it. we got a hard work of training, uh, a hard week of training coming up. And then um, we're zoning in on Seattle. That's for sure. Craig, congratulations. Great job. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Rady, man. Okay. So we've got a captain back. We've got a happy Salvaggio. We've got a club. It's time to look forward, Mr. Jimenez. It's playoff time, man. It's time to break this thing down. Tacoma, San Diego, just like old times, you know, <laughs> soccer's and stars meeting in the playoffs again. I'm sorry. I was I don't know, and just giggling inside because we're, we're headed to Canada, everybody. We're, <laughs> what we're was not, up with that? I don't know. Uh, we're going to Ontario. Yes. To up against Tacoma. That's weird. <laughs> that's just that's weird, too. No kidding. Yeah, you know, we talked about it last week. Soccers are in a you know providential situation. Mm-hmm. We're we're gonna make a short drive up the I-15. Tacoma's gonna have to fly into Ontario Airport, you know, and, and have to deal with hotel life. We'll be sleeping in our in our uh, nuestros camas, you know. Uh, so uh, pro- nuestros propias camas, huh? huh? Propias camas, yeah. Propias camas. Our own beds is what I said. For that, would have been cool if it was like a one after another, so that we could just stay over there. But uh, I guess we'll I honestly don't know if the club is going to decide to stay or not. Honestly, I don't know. They they could make that decision. I don't think they've made it. Um, you and I were driving back and forth. Um, I ain't staying in the Ontario hotel. Come on, <laughs> okay. dude. We've each got one jab. I need two jabs plus two weeks before I do something like that. That ain't happening. But okay, we got the Soccers and the Stars. They played two times this year. Both were close games. The Soccers won four to two in Florida. Uh, and then they lost five to four in overtime in Ontario, a game that the Soccers did lead three different times, I believe. Uh, let me just double check that, but I'm pretty sure it was a two nothing. Yep, two nothing, three two, four three. And wound up losing it five to four. So uh, the series speaks well for the Soccers. They they weren't they didn't play poorly uh, in either of the matches against Tacoma. And I, I just feel like Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Of all the clubs in terms of familiarity, there's no club the soccers are more familiar with than a Tacoma Stars team that has ex-soccers Nick Pereira and Chris Toth as the biggest stars, former soccer Evan McNeely on the back line, and you know a dozen guys that we are used to other than the Baltimore imports, Dos Santos uh, from, from uh, Harrisburg de Oliveira. Uh, you know, uh, most of these guys, and Dantas, of course, most of these guys we're used to seeing multiple times per year. This is a star squad that has so many weapons. And I feel like 
you know, we we've got we got I don't know, we got a little lucky to have that this end up as a one one and we didn't face off against them more times uh this season. Uh but this is gonna be a very interesting mess. Everything going on is still very much in the air right now when it comes to uh you know the soccers and the uh the stars. The goalkeeping is I would say they're one of the scary ones too. They're great, right? They have yeah. A veteran there that you know when you're facing off against them, it's not going to be easy to get the ball past them. So, well, that's the same thing they say about us, right? You know, Pardo yeah. or Vanzella, it's an all-star no matter what. And then you look at the at the stars and you say Toth or Waltman, it's an all-star no matter what. It's a guy who could be an MVP no matter what. And, you know, while I think, you know, we have the familiarity with Toth, Danny Waltman's that guy. And we saw it in 2019, you know, when, you know, he hasn't been great all the time at the end of his career, but he still has that ability to be great in the moment. So I, it it just, everything points to me, Jerry, to fourth quarter, three, three, fourth quarter, four, four, you know, a, a close game into the final quarter, both matches is what I completely expect. I think against the stars, honestly, it's going to be something that we discussed earlier in this exact podcast, which is the soccer's need to come in strong right off the bat. They need to have a strong first quarter, second quarter, and then you're going to the half up, I would say, just to have that extra confidence. I know that we can obviously take Tacoma out, but Tacoma is one of those teams that just can come back and will come back. And uh, we've seen it, uh, you know, against the against almost every single squad when they have to go in and and you mentioned it removing the you know the goalkeeper and bringing in a sixth attacker they managed oh. to make they they managed to make it work and to uh you know make take take that advantage and 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 actually do something with it so it's going to be a really interesting thing i do enjoy however and we kind of talked about oh we have to drive but i like that there's no home advantage so that's going to be good yeah. uh, for us and and possibly for them as well. We're closer to uh, to Ontario than they are, so that's nice. Uh, are they allowing... Nobody's... This is an open match, right? No? Okay. Yeah, Just, clo- close to the fans. So, I mean, you know, if you cheer really loud, you'll you'll uh, <laughs> <laughs> have a potential impact. Um, but, you know, yeah, it's, uh, it's even. I agree. I think you need to have that burst. You need to continue to execute on the little things you know uh, Tacoma is a club uh, during my research that has more power plays against than four they tend to be in the box more than they uh, get the chance to have the man advantage and as a matter of fact they've had more 6v5 power plays this year than they've had 5v4 power plays but the stars have scored six times with sixth attacker this year and that's not nothing. And it includes a goal against the soccers. You know, they've got another goal that was scored five V five, but uh, in the last three minutes of a game to tie a game. So, you know, this is a team that is very, very confident that when they're down a goal, they're fine because they've got Pereira, you know, who can stay out there forever. He knows how to keep his energy level, right? He runs the show and he's got guys like Dantas and Caceres and Ramos who know how to make the runs and know how to finish, you know, a guy like Keats who when he's healthy comes crashing in from the back. Uh, 
I, I think it's a tough match. I think it's a, you know, 50, 50 type series, 51, 49, however you want to put it. We're talking a lot about the stars. We're not talking about our soccers, you know, and, and this is what you play for. This is what you build and and assemble a veteran team for is to get to that second season and to expect that a guy like a Marcio Leite who hasn't scored a goal this season is going to find the back of the net in the playoffs, you know, that, that a Farber is going to step up, that a Childs is going to step up, you know, you go down the list of the veterans on this team. You expect, you know, that Pardo and Venzella are going to step up and whoever is in that is going to have that all world, you know, all league kind of class performance. And if that happens, Hey, soccer's are team interesting. All of a sudden they, they could beat anybody. They could win the title, you know, and it does start this weekend, or we could be talking next Tuesday, episode 12 seasons over, you know, four and eight and done. And both are equally possible in my eyes. Look, I've, I've never had more uncertainty or excitement around a playoff scenario than, than we have this year. It is very uncertain. May I remind everybody that the last time that the stars actually played and had any sort of a, a match was against us. That's they beat us five, four. Uh, in overtime on March 14th. At time of recording, this is about two weeks that they haven't had a single match. So going into this now, you know, hopefully that would serve as an advantage that we've had a, a game and going into this, uh, you know, with a win. However, they're also coming into it with a win and it was against us. So they have a little bit of confidence build up there. Um, I'm really interested also, and I hate to just start talking about something else, but Fury Sidekicks is is like tomorrow, and I had totally yeah. lost track of that. So we're gonna have a, quite a bit to talk about uh, next week. However, I I just feel good about this weekend, Craig. I feel good from what I saw against Dallas. It's just we look like our momentum is shifting in a positive direction. I tend to agree. I what I really feel is that these are going to be two. You know, these two clubs both have losing records, but they are the two clubs that had the biggest disadvantages going into the season by a mile by thousands of miles, actually (laughs) is the team that had to fly to every game. They basically had to play. And, you know, beyond that, both clubs were hammered by COVID. And I actually think Tacoma more than San Diego, but both clubs were hammered by the dread disease. So throw those numbers out. This is a finals worthy matchup in a lot of ways, you know, I mean, the, these teams are as good as the other teams and it's going to be an absolute brawl. I don't think there's going to be any series other than Ontario Dallas. That isn't just an absolute brawl that has a great likelihood of coming down to a third game and, and, and a mini game. And I think absolutely these clubs could be going to a mini game uh, on Sunday evening. And, and I guess the last little bit, that's so exciting for you and I personally, Jerry, is that we will be there at Toyota arena uh, for the first time all season. Uh, I will be announcing the game alongside Christian Philly Philemon uh, from the striking fury podcast and the defenders of the bank podcast uh, from our uh, commonly beloved LAFC of major league soccer. Uh, so he'll be working alongside me. Uh, we'll have a, a full on bang up broadcast for both games and, and we'll have you on the social wheels uh, as well. So I, I'm really excited that, you know, we can uh, hopefully bring our luck to uh, the arena. They can't blame us if they don't do well, man. We can only get positive credit for showing up. 
I, I would, yeah. <laughs> I would hope so. <laughs> I know, I'm very, very excited. Uh, it, it's it's going to be crazy, Craig. Welcome to MASL 2021, where the numbers don't matter and anything is possible. That's the way I'm seeing this playoff workout. It is going to be something. There's going to be, there has to be a storyline in here somewhere. Like something's not going to be right in the world at the end of this year <laughs> within this MASL, uh, you know, playoff run. It's going to be just weird. I just, I don't know what it is. Hopefully it's soccer is going all the way. We'll see. <laughs> I, I hope so too, man. I mean, yeah, hey, Florida's been the number one team. I wrote this in Craig's corner. You look at their schedule. They will have played basically one, well, two games in six weeks going into the playoffs. And then you could even go back beyond that because short, you know, the, the last time they actually played regularly was the middle of February. And then they waited all the way till the middle of March and they played two games. And then they wait another like three weeks to play their playoff series. So if there's ever a team that's going to be rusty, it's going to be the Florida tropics. You would think, however, they also brought in a ton of guys from the outside and they've probably had 25 practices (laughs) to have the chance to integrate everybody into the scheme. So yeah, everything's wide open. Here's the very last thing we'll say on soccer's overtime this week. The league playoff pass. You know, I'm on record. I, I wished we were not pay-per-view. I wish we were open to everybody. But having said that, the league playoff pass is their most reasonable price point that they've put out so far. And if you sign up today, tomorrow, you sign up for that league playoff pass, $40 for the entire playoff. Well, we know with these, you know, two-leg series with a possible minigame, that's a guaranteed minimum of 12 full playoff matches with a chance for mini games as well, right? For a chance for up to six mini games as well. And at $40, that means it's less than $4 per match. If you go for the game-by-game rate, it's still $8 a match. So if you're just kind of like betting against the club, so to speak, <laughs> by the time they get to the final, you'll have spent more uh, than you would have on the regular pass. And that's not getting to see all the rest of the action of the MASL. So jump onto that, go to facebook.com slash MASL soccer slash events, sign up for the Ron Newman cup playoff pass. Last note on that. If you're one of the many folks who had the full season, regular season pass, you do not have to buy again. Your regular season pass automatically will carry the playoffs. So, uh, you know, don't give the league 40 more dollars than you have to if you already spent the 80 uh, for the regular season pass. But if you're somebody who's been an a la carte shopper uh, all the way through, sounded like I was from the East Coast when I said that. A la carte shopper. Uh, a la carte <laughs> shopper. Like what? A la carte. In the a la carte. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what the hell happened there. Uh, like a, a, there's somebody living inside me and he's from South Jersey. Uh <laughs> Yeah, if you've been one of those game-at-a-time people, <laughs> then maybe consider uh, the thirty-nine ninety-nine for the playoff pass. But, Jerry, you and I have a weekend uh, of fun driving on the I-15 and hopefully some fun at Toyota Arena as well. Man, I am so looking forward to it, Craig. I'm excited. I'm glad that this is going to happen. Uh, I'm excited for the soccer. I think it's a, a great time to be supporting this, this league. It's going to be fun to watch. And uh, yeah, looking forward to it, sir. I'll see you uh, very soon in person. Looking forward to it. I'll have my mask on. Don't worry. Yeah, same here. Of course.
for Jerry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry, that's I hate to interrupt, but that's going to be the last thing we're going to say. Wear your masks, people. We're almost out of this. All we're right. Almost out of this. Let's go. Wear your masks. For Jerry Jimenez, for all the mask wearers in the universe. Also for Phil Salvaggio and Craig Childs. Craig Elston here saying thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. On to the playoffs. Playoffs, here we come. Go Sockers.